In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas. Christmas. So glad to see each of you here tonight. Are you ready for Christmas? Yes? I heard mixed uh, mixed reviews there. Uh, That's sort of the go-to question, sort of the go-to small talk question. Are you ready for Christmas? And I think I probably heard that question a thousand times in the last uh, two weeks. So are you, are you all ready for Christmas? And I, I just wanted to say, I mean, it was all very kindly meant, but I, I just kind of want to say I would be if I had a dollar for every time someone asked me <laughs> if, I, um, if I was ready for Christmas. But it's Christmas Eve, and I wonder how many of you actually are ready. And what would you mean when you told me you were ready, what does is, what is getting ready mean? Would it mean that you got all the right presents for all the right people, wrapped and delivered to all the right places? Or would it mean that you've got all the recipes picked out and all the groceries are bought and all the refrigerator space is optimized and the schedule for what goes in the oven at what time and temperature, it's all written out? Or would you mean that you've got the house spotless and ready for guests? Maybe just don't open that closet. I mean, somebody here tonight left someone at home who had not gotten it all quite ready, right? Or maybe you find yourself ready for Christmas because you just love the feel of it. Or maybe you're just ready for Christmas to be over with. But ready or not, Christmas is here. Are you ready? We spend a lot of time in our lives getting ready for things, don't we? Uh, Studying for a test, laying out clothes for the next day, the night before, planning a party, planning for a difficult conversation, saving up for a down payment, saving up for college, at work doing strategic planning, packing our bags before a trip, buying life insurance. And it's all, all these things are, are a way to get ready for something that's coming. And the list could go on and on. So much of our lives are spent getting ready for what's coming or for maybe for who's coming. And sometimes we get there. Sometimes we get ready for whatever it is that we're planning for. And sometimes we don't. Imagine you've got important guests coming over to your house, and you're cleaning the house like crazy, and the doorbell rings, and your important guests have arrived early, and panic just shoots through you because the house isn't ready, you hadn't changed clothes yet, and smoke is still hanging in the air because you burnt the first roast, and your spouse isn't back from uh, getting the second one. (laughs) Disaster seems imminent, but you reluctantly answer the door And it's not at all you expect. In fact, it's that friend, that friend that has seen your house a wreck a thousand times. And that friend who loves you anyway. That friend that won't think twice about wading right into the mess and pitching in to help get you ready. The gospel passage that Father Trent just read from Luke chapter 2 is probably very familiar to you. Uh, It's the passage that most churches read every year on Christmas Eve, and 
Um, it is Luke's telling of the birth of Jesus. But have you considered that no one in the story is ready for Jesus? Mary and Joseph weren't ready. I mean, the story is so familiar to us that we can lose just how odd this story is. Uh, but a woman so advanced in her pregnancy would decide to take a donkey ride 95 miles in both in each direction. At the uh, children's service, I said, uh, I have all the children around me, and I said, and I said that. I said, who, what, who would, who would uh, take a, um, a donkey ride when they're getting ready to have a baby uh, for 95 miles? And some kids said, my mom would. So it was, <laughs> well, it's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine that her, that her fiancé would, would let her, or her mother. Maybe they had great faith, Uh, that God would provide for whatever needs arose, but the timing of the journey seems odd, at least, nonetheless. Joseph had forgotten to go on Priceline and get a get a room, right? When they arrived at the at the at Bethlehem, the innkeeper, he wasn't ready. I mean it's hard to know what's going on there. Luke says it so nonchalantly. Mary laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. You know the innkeeper wished he could have that one back when he heard who the baby was, right? (laughs) But not only did he not have a room, he didn't have a cradle, not a cot, not a hammock. Mary and Joseph just had to use the best thing that they could find, and they found a feeding trough, a manger. I saw a meme this week that said it was the first king-sized bed. You think about that. (laughs) They laid him in the manger. We hope, we sort of hopefully assumed they were able to find fresh hay. The shepherds weren't ready. They were just minding their business, keeping watch over their flocks by night, just like they did every night. Why should they expect that this night would be any different? Nobody was ready, but he came anyway. Another thing that I think is strange about this passage is that if God is eternal and He wanted to break into our world, He could have chosen any time or anywhere to do it. He could have chosen one of the cosmopolitan cities of the world like New York or London or Paris or Jacksonville. And (laughs) millions of people could have seen it and celebrated it. He could have chosen to be born after video cameras or the internet or smartphones had been invented so that images of this glorious child could be instantly beamed around the world. The wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace was coming into the world. Christ, by highest heaven adored, Christ, the everlasting Lord. Don't you want to tell somebody? I mean, don't you want to get the word out, send out invitations, maybe have a baby shower or something? And at least the angels could have announced the birth to someone who could do something about it. I mean, what do you think they would go to the king's palace and maybe tell some royal people? Or go to the temple or the synagogue and tell some religious people? But they came to the roughnecks. The shepherds, commoners in an isolated meadow 
outside a small town. In Bethlehem, 2,000 years ago in the dark, hardly anyone knew about the baby. The world wasn't ready. But he came anyway. I want you to think about what would have happened if he had made the announcement ahead of time. How would the world get itself ready for the birth of a child said to be God? How would the world get itself ready if they knew that God Himself, the Creator of the universe, I mean, if there was a big bang, He was the one holding the hammer, right? The origin of life, the orderer of all that is, the one with whom the Israelites have been worshiping and wrestling for more than 500 generations, the giver of the law through Moses, the voice of the one that spoke through the prophets, that this God so loved the world that he was pulling off his greatest miracle yet and making himself born into a human child, born of a virgin. I mean, think about how the world would have gotten ready for that. Red carpet, white glove treatment, the finest Luxury accommodations, dignitaries from every nation, celebrities with perfect hair and makeup, everything spick and span, everyone on their best behavior with their finest clothes and their toothiest grins and never letting the guest of honor see what's behind the shiny veneer. Never tipping a hand to life as it's lived when the cameras were turned off or when no one was looking. Never showing the frustration at home or the struggle with aging parents or the greed or self-indulgence, the guilt or the shame. Never showing the heartache or the addiction, the anxiety and the fear. If we had been given the chance to be ready, all we would have done would have been to try to hide all the reasons that he came. We would have hidden all the evidence that we needed him to come. But he was born in the dirt and in the dark because that's why he came. He came for the dirt in the dark. He was born behind the veneer because he was born into human, the reality of human need because he came to be humanity's savior. He came not to be served, but to serve. We weren't ready, but He came anyway. He is the unexpected friend that shows up early, has seen the mess a thousand times and loves you anyway. He came to wade into the mess, to unite us to Himself and to get us ready for Himself. And we're still not ready. I mean, we're no more ready than Mary and Joseph or the shepherds. We still make no room in the inn of our hearts. Our lives are harried and fractured, busy and distracted. But He comes anyway. And that's the good news of great joy that's for all the people. He comes anyway. He's not waiting on us because He's not come, coming to be waited on. 
We're not ready. But He came anyway. And He's not at all who we expected. He's not a fearsome judge or a conquering warrior, but a baby. A baby. About 20 years ago, I was uh, working in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. And Chapel Hill has a sizable homeless population because the students are very generous. And I can remember talking to a homeless man there. He's a big old guy. And I asked him if he went to church. And I remember what he said to me. He said, he said man, look at me. I, I can't go to church looking like this. i got to clean up my act first. I can't fault that guy too much. I mean, a lot of us think along those lines. i got to clean up my act, be on my best behavior, put on my Sunday best. i got to get ready. But Jesus didn't wait for us to get ready. He came anyway. He came for you. He was born behind the veneer because He came for everything that's behind the veneer. He came for everything that's a mess. Whatever's stuffed in the closet. For everything that is so normal to us that we don't even know it's a mess by God's standards. He came not with cameras flashing and muscles bulging and beards flowing and, and an angel trumpeting His arrival. He came as a baby. He came as one who was inherently needy. Who Himself needed to be fed and changed and held and wrapped up and rocked. He came as accessible. We weren't ready. But He came anyway. Now that's not the end of the story. Christmas by itself is no gospel. For even as the Christ child lay in that manger, the shadow of the cross lay upon the stable floor. For He came to live the life that we should have lived. To die for our messes and our secrets and our fears that are hidden behind toothy grins. He came not just for the good you, the presentable you, he came for the whole you. And He came infinite lengths to do it. From glory everlasting, highest heaven to a dirt floor in the dark. We weren't ready, but He came anyway. And He, He's ready. He's ready for you. Let's pray. Father, You came. Jesus, You came. By Your great will, we weren't ready, but You came anyway to rescue us, to live for us, to die for us, to rise again for us. Lord, by, with fear and trembling, may we give everything we know of ourselves to everything we know about you and trust that you are ready for us. Thank you, Lord, for coming anyway. Amen.